Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. Today you only get two, and this is crazy, but he's Jules Boyle and I am Gaby. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm not sure if the call Carly Rae Jepsen was hoping for was for the Scotland team, but she hasn't made the cut. We'll be discussing who did make it to Steve Clark's first Scotland squad. We'll also be talking about the latest round and the Michael Stewart-Craig Levine beef, and we'll be discussing the Scotland women's team's final friendly before the World Cup in France. So, first, straight into it, Steve Clark's named his first Scotland squad this afternoon. There's been a few surprises uh, for Kilmarnock players in it, but just to start, start us off, in very general terms, what do we think of the squad? Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, it's, it's obviously, he's, he's being his own man. Um, he's bringing, As you said, he's brought in four Kilmarnock players. He did very carefully point out that that's not just because the Kilmarnock players are there, they're there on merit. Um, there is a lot of injuries to be contending with as well. Um, I, th- I think it needs it needs a bit of revitalisation. It needs a bit of freshening up. Um, he needs players that want to be there for him, um, and I think I think he sort of managed to all get that. So so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's good to see. Um, I'll see again, obviously, what the results are. Um, but it's early doors. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting young squad. Nice mix of players. Um, yeah, look, yeah, interesting. Look good. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you say about players wanting to be there. He did make a point of saying that it's a great honour to represent your country, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure all of them on that list want to be there. Do you think maybe that tells us something about guys like Barry Bannon, Stephen Fletcher, guys who aren't in the squad and who maybe have pulled out of squads before that Clark maybe thinks that they're players who don't necessarily want to be there? I think it's interesting, definitely. He said um, there, was, there was an interesting point where he was asked that, and he said he'd had all these conversations with people, and it was a bit early. Um, a bit early to talk them into it or something like that or something that sort of vein um, but short space of time to get them convinced but he says 90% has been positive because he followed that almost catching himself with you know all his folk at weddings and blah blah yeah. as if he has to talk them into it but he says it's been positive but I think definitely 100% that was my first take for that um, he um, was leaving Kilmar I think that was obvious um, to everyone um, but it looked like it was going south but it was the, he kept saying about the honour of the Scotland job you can tell it means a massive amount to him He's spoken before. You remember how what kind of player he was he, uh, as, as a young man, and he never got as many caps as he wanted. No, that, he only got six. Six, I think. six. Do you know I mean how, how how many? How often? What, what much do they play? Yeah, I mean? and yeah, no, he was obviously playing a lot for Chelsea. Played ah. over four hundred games. He was ah. named the best ever right back. You know, in this day and age, you'd have got fifty caps yeah, at least. Whatever. Ex- exactly, exactly. It's, it's something wasn't right there, and they can tell whenever he speaks about that. You can tell him. I'm really, really burns him. He values a Scotland job. He values a Scotland playing caps very, very highly. And it's an honour to him, and it's, as I say, that something if you got asked for that, you do not turn it down. And I think he's going to be the type of manager. If you're, you know, not up for it and you're not hundred percent committed to it, you're not going to be playing his team. So obviously, I think he's given them the chances. He's having the conversations, but it's it is all about this is a big deal to him. And I, don't, I get the impression that he doesn't think anyone that disagrees with that is something he wants in the team. Yeah, we saw uh, there are four Kilmarnock players in the squad. Obviously, O'Donnell and Finlay were in the last squad, so mm. there's not much uh, surprise there. There's also, for Football Scotland listeners, not much surprise about Greg Taylor, because I predicted that one last week. <laughs> with Kieran Tierney being out. Uh, but I thought uh, Eamon Brophy being in the squad's an interesting one. It's his first call-up he's had. Uh, he's obviously played well for Kilmarnock this season, but do you think he's ready to make that step up to international level? I think he is, definitely. Um, and obviously, I mean, it is a player that uh, Clark knows, but I think definitely he's there in merit as well. Um, there's a space there for him um, I think and you watch him this season he's done pretty well he's done, in fact he's done very well in a lot, a lot of games that I've seen him in um, I don't think I think anyone that's turning their nose up at him um, hasn't really fallen Scottish football too closely 
Um, I think he's. I think he could do a job for it, especially I mean, you know, first game at Cy- is Cyprus. I mean, it's a good kind of no disrespect to Cyprus because you know we're Scotland. Yeah, um, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. Already Kazakhstan. Shows, <laughs> <laughs> We cannot say anyone we go. Oh, that's a give Not at all. But it's not Belgium. Um, it's a good game to get bedded in and give it a go. Um, I think I think he could do well, and I think he could uh, only improve and, and be possibly a, a, you know, a long-standing member of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's been a really big part of some of the statement results Kilmarnock have had this season with his pressing from the front. I think it uh, certainly belies the notion that Hamilton are a well-run club when you consider the fact they released him on a free transfer <laughs> and two years later he's in the Scotland squad. So, I mean, to be fair to Hamilton, I don't want Hamilton fans writing in, you know, they have brought through a lot of good young players, but uh, the notion that they're always exclusively well-run and sensible, uh, they released Damon Brophy, so perhaps not. Uh, as we discussed, there are four commander players in the squad. The one one I wanted to ask you about, Oliver Bucks in the squad. Do you think he meant to write Chris? I think I think he meant to write any other word other than Buck, really. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I've given Oliver Buck a bit of doing here before. I do feel a bit guilty for it because, you know, I'm not a professional footballer player and he is either. But, or he is, he is well, either. There's a Freudian slip for you. But, oh, I don't know. I think, I think... Um, when Celtic fans saw his name not in the team sheet the other day, um, there was a few sort of, you know, fuse going round the place. I think if we go to Hamden next week or June 8th or whatever it is, and then he's leading the line, you'd be like, oh God. I feel bad for, I feel bad slagging the guy so much that I do. It just does not look like a footballer. Um, and I think maybe with the right coaching and the right mentoring and possibly because he's fast, but is he decision making his touch? I yeah, don't, he, I just, don't... he just appears like he seems like in a football sense he just has no brain. No. He can run very fast, but uh-huh. he, you know, as you say, he doesn't have the touch, he doesn't have the technique, he doesn't have the tactical intelligence. No. When he was in Germany, uh, Ralph Hasenhutl said that he was like an empty hard drive. He just couldn't <laughs> take information on board. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. He's what been a thirteen million pound player, a fifteen twice. million pound player. Yeah, twice. twice. I mean, wh- where has that come from? Uh-huh. It's, it's baffling. It really is. I mean, when he came to Celtic, you looked at him and you knew this guy. Right, it's twenty five million quid spent on him in the last few years. He must have something. And it had, to be fair, he did seem to start fairly brightly. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got the pace, and he did get a few goals. And you thought, right, okay, but there was something kind of going a bit kind of you know, racehorsey about him or something. And then more and more you just saw us. And obviously he's not a striker and he's been played as a striker. Yeah. And I think a but lot you can of see why, because he's big and he's strong yeah. and he's quick. You can yeah. see why some, why a manager would think, well, he could do a job. He could the do middle. a job in there, definitely. And But then even on the wing or whatever, folk defend him and say, well, he's not in his natural position, blah, blah. But yeah, but he's still expecting to be able to control a pass from five feet away that's not played very fast or make a decision when you're in the box to turn around or... When you're in front of a goal and there's only the goal to beat and you're four feet away, don't hit it over the bar. These are like basic things that position isn't really a factor in and doesn't seem to have it. And Scotland at the moment, they really need everything. We need, you know, we, you know, I've said it before, we need a good manager, we need good players, we need a bit of luck. You need all these things that teams need to get a bit of result and get going. And we really, really do not need an Oliver Burke up front playing against Cyprus. It's nothing each. He gets a chance, woofed off it goes into, you know, over the Hamden roof and then Cyprus fire up the road and get a goal. Do you think it's maybe more for the Belgium game that with the pace that maybe you'll look to sit in, hit on the break, and maybe he's a guy who at least, at the very least, can get you up the park? True. Yep, 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 definitely. I mean, that, that could be a factor for that, for sure. But then when he gets you up the park, what happens? You know what I mean? This is the issue, do you know what I mean? And, and I know it's harsh, um, but I have, you know, I have thought before, I've watched certain games and I've thought that the teams would be better playing with 10 men because at least then they'll do the mistake of giving them the ball at a crucial point. You know that option's not there because it's not going to go anywhere you know, do something different. And I think 
against Belgium again. We're, we're going to have to hit them hard. We're going to hit them in the break because we're going to be up against it. Is anything going to happen out of that? I really don't think so. And I do feel bad for pummeling the guy on a regular basis, but it really, 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 I'd, I'd rather he wasn't anywhere near the Scotland team, to be honest. You know, Jules, I'm starting to think he might not be the Scottish Gareth Bale. <laughs> well, he's, you know, <laughs> he's as popular as here as Bale seems to be yeah. in, in Madrid at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so we, we saw uh, under Alec McLeish, we played a number of different things. He sort of experimented with a back three. Clark was asked today whether he'd play a back three, and he said he was familiar with the system. He wasn't against it. He'd have to see the players, but he would prefer to play a back four. A four-three-three, a four-two-three-one, even a four-four-two. Mm-hmm. Do you think the back four is the way to go for Scotland? I think so, definitely. I, th- I think we're at we're at a point where we're, we don't have a huge amount of flair players. We don't have a huge amount of players that can really take a game to people. I mean, we do obviously there is talent in there. We are missing certain. I mean, up front we're missing quite a few people that would, would naturally be there. Um, I think we need to be not care. Yeah, careful as well. Not in a Craig Levine careful. Yeah. Not in that way. Please God, never again. Um, but we, we need to, you know, not panic. Sort sort ourselves out. Don't give away those. I mean, those early goals the last time were just shambolic. Do you know what I mean, absolutely shambolic. And I think it just deflated the country. Never mind the team. And we have to avoid these things. We need to be organised. And and this is the thing as well. Steve Clark is very very good at organising teams. Not again. Not in a Levine way. But what he will do is he will know the players he's got available and he will organise them perfectly. Yeah, I, I think, think if you take that into the the Belgium game, you know, his record against Rangers and Celtic with Kamarnock was very, very good. Sensational. Yeah. yeah, so I think it'll be a very similar approach. I think he said during his press conference that whether you win the game by defending or you win the game by attacking, the point is to win the game and that's what he'll be looking to do. 100%, 100%. I don't think anyone can criticise that because we've seen teams do it before. You saw Neil Lennon do it against Barcelona. You saw Walter Smith do it, you know, all through his, his um, what in actual they called it. What, ah, exactly, and and he's right though. Oh I mean, no, there's not no criticism. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, you play anti football. You're playing Barcelona. If you try and play football against you, you'll get Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Do you, know what <laughs> <I mean? laughs> you don't do it. You take what you've got and you try and deal with it, and you do. You play the game you've got. If you're playing defensive negative football with nobody up front against some bunch of diddies, then you should be ashamed of yourself. Do you know what I mean or whatever? And several teams have done that of late. But you, you need to, you need to cut the cut the grass you've got. And I think Steve Clark's the master of that. I think, he's, as you say, his performance against Celtic and Rangers and other teams this season and last, you can't fault it. I mean, they've not always worked. But against what he's got, he, he's done He's done brilliantly. And I think what he will do is he will change the Scotland team when it's suiting them. And he will play that play that game. But first and foremost, they need to sort themselves out. Don't be letting in stupid goals. Don't be letting, don't be letting the heats go down. Because there's still this sort of like feeling, I think, we're Scotland and we should be doing better. We should be in these tr- tournaments, as we all were, when I was young, not when you were young, obviously, probably literally before you were born. Just no, about. no, I remember the '98 World Cup. Don't just you? about, oh, just there about. You go. I was six, but six. I remember. There you go. There you go. There's, a, there's still this national idea that we should belong in there. We do belong in it, and we kind of do. But there's that pressure. Yeah. And that must be that must be in the team. They must know because every every professional football player, if you're playing for your country, you want to be in the World Cup. You want to be in the Euros. And they're going out there. Every, every tournament starts. Every qualification starts. And there's this pressure behind them. Pressure behind them. And then. They go to Kazakhstan and arse it so badly. And that must be a psychological dunt. I mean, they must be there. What they need to do this time is not, you know, right for the start, don't let that happen. Don't let those mistakes happen. Keep it, keep a clean sheet, even at the start, just to get the confidence going and get that little monkey off their back a bit. Then push forward and start doing it. So it's, it's more important than ever um, not to give things away, I think. 
And just finally on Scotland, uh, do you think there are any notable omissions from the team? People were calling for David Turnbull, who Clark said is in his thoughts. I think Rangers fans will probably be raising eyebrows about Ryan Jack, who I won't comment on because last time I did, I got lots of messages from Rangers fans. <laughs> but uh, you may offer comment on uh, any omissions you feel there have been. Um, okay. Uh, well, I think obviously Turnbull, I will do it in order. I think Turnbull is a, a great young player. He's got a big future ahead of him, hopefully. You can see him doing a lot of good things. It's quite early on in his career. I mean, I said I'd quite, quite like to see him in, in the squad, at least. Um, obviously, Sir Steve, as some people might call him, he has made a decision because he knows better than me. He's left him out. But the sounds of that interview, he's definitely got a wee future on the Scotland team. He's planning on it. Um, I'd like to have seen him in there just to kind of get it. But, you know, fair enough. Um, we'll maybe get him the next time. He's a good player. Ryan Jack, I'm, to, be, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm quite surprised Ryan Jack's not in it at all. Um, I'm not stunned. He's obviously a decent player as well. Um, and he probably could have deserved a place in the squad, I think. Um, but again, it's you know it's the new manager squad. He's going to be picking players, and to be honest as well, I think he's going to be trying. You know, he's picking a lot of players as well to kind of trial them out, see how they got on. Um, obviously, it would have been better for him to have like, a friendly or something to do this way. He's got straight into it, straight onto that. Um, would Ryan Jack be in the next squad? I think he possibly could be. Um, I could easily see him in there, and I can see him not. And the same with a lot of the players in that as well. Yeah. It's, it's a bigger squad as well, but I think he's definitely. Sucking it and seeing a lot of things and, and, and trying different things. So, yeah, um, he, could, he could easily be in it, um, but I'm easily be in the next one or not again. Okay. And also today we've had the latest round of the Stuart Levine beef, the greatest <laughs> beef in Scottish football. Michael Stewart was on the radio last night uh, having a right go at Craig Levine saying that uh, Hart seems like it's being run by a dictator at the moment, <laughs> that Levine's on a Cathro-esque run of form. It's a quite damning indictment of Ian Cathro that his name can have esque <laughs> after it and it just becomes a criticism. And that Craig Levine is always a manager who is always on the cusp of something. It's always a five-year rolling project on the horizon, but it never arrives. Do you think that the criticism of Levine that is being levelled by Stuart, they obviously have some personal uh, animosity between each other. We all know that. But do you think that amongst the personal sort of vitriol that he has a point about Levine. Yeah, I think um, you, you look at the two of them and it's constant tit for tat between the two of them. It's back and forth, back and forth, and neither of them can seem to leave it alone with each other. And to be fair, um, you know, I can understand it because you're, you're constantly getting slagged off by this other person. Do, does he have a point? Um, well, I think he does to a point. I mean, I know last week we were discussing this and Johnny was um, giving it, you know, big sort of defensive Levine and saying he thinks he's got another season and stuff like that. You know, he is undeniably, I think, a decent manager to a point, and he is. He, I mean, as you saw at the, the cup final on Saturday, got his tactics spot on. Could have, could have won it. Like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He clearly knows how to set up things in a yeah. one-off game. He yeah. clearly knows how to set up well to play the brand of football he plays. But yeah. I think that Stuart does have a point. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Levine. He's been there for what two seasons as manager. He was there as the director Take of football, football before that. You know, I remember when he took over from Ian Cathro and he was saying, oh, well, you know, the players aren't good enough. It's like, that was literally your job. <laughs> totally, that was You it. signed the players. You signed That's the players. That's your whole job. Yep, and they spent ages looking for a manager and then he was just like, oh, well, I'll do it then. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it just flowed in. And I think it was, it was Stuart that said recently as well, can you see a point where he gets the bullet? And if he does get the bullet, does he just move back upstairs? What's the scenario that will make him not there? Last season, what, what position did they finish last season? They were sixth last sixth. season, yeah. What position they finished this season? Sixth this sixth. season, yeah. I mean, how much money they spent this season? And you think you can get all these extra things like that. They've thought, and obviously without, and I see banging on about this, it's without Naismith. 
That's, yeah. the, that's the difference for them. And obviously they've got him on loan. They've done that to spend the money. Still not enough, though. You can't expect your entire team built around this one guy who does make all the difference. Yeah, but there's one guy who's in his 30s who's had serious injuries. Yeah. So you can't... I'm not sure how much you can turn around and be surprised when he spends a lot of the season now yeah. injured. I mean, he's a great player. He's so important to Hearts. But... You know, I think that it's not above criticism if you build your team around, uh, was he 31, 32 uh-huh. year old player who's had two serious knee injuries uh-huh. in his past. If he gets injured, yeah. then you can't go, well, he was injured. What can uh-huh. I do? Like, that was oh, my plan. <laughs> <laughs> who could have seen this coming? Yeah, exactly. That is exactly it. And I think I think Levine's kind of, you know, a lot of the time you watch his football, it's not particularly exciting. I think the Hearts fans are pulling their hair out a little bit. But there is this kind of feeling of, you know, it's like... You know, it's like being in your work and your line manager's an absolute clown, but they're totally in the ear of the boss and there's nothing can be done about it. And they're off for, you know, late lunches all the time and you're doing all the work and they do hee-haw. And it's that kind of thing, that desperation I feel of going, there's nothing can be done about this. And that's kind of the Levine vibe is, he's not doing anything particularly exciting. If this was any other club, there'd be fans screaming for his head, the board would go and get with some results here. And nothing seems to change. It's just there, as you said, director of football for years, back as manager for another two seasons, money spent, same position as last time. You know, like Paul Heckingbottoms came in, hearts a, he hips a bit in the grubber, I mean, pulled it back out, shows what an you know, exciting manager can do, gets on a run. Um, with the players that Lennon had that were down, were down there, do you know what I mean? You can see what a change can do. And Levine just doesn't seem to have any ideas about change, or in fact, actually, any desire to change. He seems very dogmatic in what he does, and this is how it is, and, you know, yeah, and that's just it. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But, I mean, he's made some really bizarre decisions. I mean, the whole Vanacek thing is is really strange. You know, he was signed him uh, in September for uh-huh. January, so he obviously thought highly enough of him that, you know, we wanted yep. to make sure we get him signed up for January, what to get him in. Yep. He came in. Now, Levine said he wasn't fit enough, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. We went on the training ground. We'll, yep. we'll take his word for it. He wasn't fit enough. Yep. But he played him in a match and then hooked him after 35 minutes, said, yep. oh, he's, no, he wasn't fit enough. He's not up to speed. Well, why uh-huh. did you play him then? Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. And he's constantly uh, sort of undermining the guy in the press. He's rubbish. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. He literally <laughs> said he was rubbish. And, you know, this is a guy you've signed. So, uh-huh. I mean, is that just because Craig Levine thinks, well, I am untouchable at Hearts? Mm. I mean, I think, is, is, is he on the board? He mm. certainly is director of football. Yeah, he's the manager. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it just that he thinks, you know, like, I mean, I am not accusing Craig Levine of being a literal dictator, but it's <laughs> like um, Stuart said that, you know, it's a bit of a dictatorship there and nobody, no, basically nobody can touch Craig Levine, yeah. whatever, whatever the fans might want. I mean, I think certainly maybe not a majority, but a sizable minority of Hearts fans are kind of fed up with Levine. They want someone yeah. with maybe fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's basically untouchable. Yeah, it totally does. I think you're right. The Vanacek thing is just baffling. When that kept unfolding, it gets to that point and he's like, you know, finally get someone. Oh, he, oh he's injured. He's not, he's not, he's not that. he's injured and he's rubbish. And it's like, this is all on you. I mean, this is all that Yeah, sort. he wasn't and, and even on the bench for the no, cup final. No, and he, and he throws him under the bus. And you just think that can't be. There's other managers that do that. Do you know what I mean? And you just think it cannot motivate you getting chucked under the bus on a regular basis. But that's what they always do. But it doesn't seem anything it does. And in fact, he got to that cup final, which again, they'll have him going, well, got to cup final. Could have, could have won, nearly done that. And it's like, yeah, really? Because, you know, it's not been a good season for Hearts. It just has not. It's relied entirely on Stephen A. Smith. And if he's been there, it's fine. If he's not been there, it's been garbage. And then they get and look at their run at the cup final. Um, you know, it's not as if they've been, you know, destroying teams right, left and centre. They've had you know, a fairly 
comfortable around the cup final. Yeah, as they well. did. I mean, we and you know we we did say uh, yesterday, and we said earlier he did do he did set up perfectly for the cup final. Oh, we were totally. unlucky to lose it. Yeah, so it's not yeah. that we're saying here that Craig Levine's a total diddy. He nope. doesn't know nope. what he's doing. He obviously nope. knows how to set up a team to play the way he wants to play. He can yep. do it for us. a big game, but I think the question is over the long term at Hearts I mean and I think Michael Stewart's right when he says well there's been no progression as, no. You, as you point out two sixth place finishes in a row yeah. I mean that's two seasons in a row they finish below Kilmarnock who will have mm-hmm. a lower budget than them yep. uh, Hibs may well have a lower budget than them yeah, uh, yeah. there's been a huge turnover of players uh, in both summers and yep. they haven't really got anywhere they haven't done anything there's been no progress um, I don't know if, if I was a Hearts fan I would be getting a bit sick of this to be honest do you know what I mean because you want to see you have to cut your cloth accordingly and if you're a club at Hearts level there's a certain amount of income you've got a certain amount of options you've got but you want to see you know Hearts fans should feel like they should be challenging for you know at the moment now again the third and fourth that should be that should be their sort of target um, European spots that's actually where they should be looking for. Not a chance in hell of that at the moment, do you know what I mean? And it's the same thing, no progress whatsoever. And Levine just saying the same sort of stuff and then doing comedy, grumpy interviews and slagging folk Well, in, in fairness, those are very good for us. They're brilliant for us. They're gold and please don't leave, Craig. But as a fan, that's what you get after games. Oh, another drab result, another drab set up. Here we go again and your sticks again. Habs have rocked, you know, we've done that. It, it would be driving insane, I think. And I think it is, you know, any other club there would be more questions being asked. But there just seems to be this thing of Levine, he's just there. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's not as like, it's almost like he's like the owner's son. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is this that kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? And, I, you know, I think it was, it was, I think it was Stuart himself that said um, he's bulletproof. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Up there, do you know what I mean? In, in a previous beef. Um, and it's the same sort of thing again. I, I don't think, I can't see a point. I think Hib, I, Hibs, rather, I think Hearts would have to finish 8th, ninth, or something. To, yeah. to, for him to possibly go um, and even then he just moved back upstairs and what do you think the next stage of the Levine Stewart beef is I'm thinking diss tracks uh, oh diss tracks this is a good one I think maybe yeah so I'm going to be that or foxy boxing oh I would pay to see that I would pay to see that definitely <laughs> and we've just got a little bit of time before we wrap up we just thought we'd mention that the women's team are playing the final friendly before the World Cup tonight at Hamden uh, we're expecting up to 25,000 at the time of recording could be going. Do you think that's uh, I think women's football's having a little bit of a, of a moment in this country? I think so. 25,000 is remarkable, really. Um, I've been, I'm sure you have as well. I've been to Scotland games where you'd have killed for 25,000. Oh, yeah. I've been absolutely killed. And probably, I guarantee there'll probably be an atmosphere as well. And, you know, as, as we know too well, an atmosphere in Hamden's no guarantee with 60,000. Um, I think a lot of folk are getting behind it. I think the fact that they've qualified for this World Cup, um, I still see folks slagging it or saying, I'm not interested, blah, blah, Qualified for a World Cup. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's amazing. Do you know what I mean? And I won't lie, I've not been like following the, the, the women's game for years and that sort of stuff. It's got my interest. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the positive. You know, yeah. you don't have to be someone who's been following it for years. You, if they qualify for a World Cup and more people take interest, then more people will become interested in the sport. And, yeah. you know, that can only be good for the women's game. So I don't think everybody has to come into it an expert. Yeah. I'm certainly not. No. But I'm interested to watch them in the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, they're playing England. I'll watch Scotland play England at anything. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I've got a. Uh, and the thing is as well, you know, like you're going to play in all these you know, world class women's players, do you know what I mean? Which you don't know much about. But it's Scotland playing in an international tournament. Um there is a there is a bit of a thing behind it is getting and obviously as well I think that'll get more folk into the game, certainly get more young girls in the game. But even then I think just 
you know, for all kids and young folks seeing a, your national team in a, in a big tournament, it's a big deal. Do you know what I mean? It's a huge deal. They've, they've done really, really well to do it. Um, obviously, the Brazil result as well. Um, obviously, again, I don't follow Brazil women's football that much, but I can imagine that they're probably a pretty good side. I think they've won I mean? World Cups. They had yeah. Marta, I think, is supposed <laughs> uh-huh. to have been like the greatest women's player yeah. ever. I don't think she still plays, but uh-huh. she's... Uh, yeah, so but what you can gather, they're, they're kind of the equivalent of the male team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's if the Scotland Brazil team. beat Brazil at football in any level, in any discipline, it's yeah, something to be proud of. It's a big deal. Do you know what I mean? If you've beaten a kick about in the beach, you've done well. So they've, they've done great. I think everybody should be getting behind them. Um, and I think it'd be good for folk to just kind of watch, just check out the games and watch them and just see because actually. Speaking to some of my mates and stuff like that who are not particularly interested, and I've, you know, I've said, you know, I've, I've watched um, games, I, I've watched more highlights as well, but I've watched games as well. The skill is a lot more than you think it is. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it really is. I was, you know, really noticeable. It's kind of like, this is actually some decent football. And to be fair, some of the games I've watched are a damn sight more entertaining than some of the SP, like, Premiership games that have been, like, you know, stabbing well, yourself in the Dundee eyes. United St Mirren playoff oh, being a perfect example. God almighty. Yeah, so I think there the, <laughs> the will still be tickets available for that yeah. tonight. So if anyone hears this on their commute home and fancies heading along to Hamden, then get along and support the ladies. That's all from us here at Football Scotland today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Gary Mackay and Jules on captain underscore Heidi. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.